0: You are listening to SelfDiscoveryRadio.com with an orchard of wisdom just ready for your picking, filled with illuminating, inspiring stories. Do check out the community and the discovery stores. We are here for you. Our next show is... Hi, this is Lennis, and welcome to the Wellness Journey program, where we get a chance to talk with some of the premier experts in the field of Mind, Body, Spirit, Wellness for Women Over 40. And one of the things I wanted to talk about today is first of all, wellness is for everybody, of course. My focus is women over 40 because I happen to be one of those. But my passion is getting the word out about how we can all be well. And this particular topic is for anyone. Uh, you know, we live in a nation of smokers and I guess these days, everybody's smoking, uh, talking about smoking weed and you know how that's been an increase. But in particular today, I wanted to talk about the traditional smoking method, which is smoking cigarettes. And you don't hear as much uh, as you used to about efforts of people stopping smoking. Not that that doesn't exist. It's just that we live in such a transient society that we go from one topic to another, you know, whatever the hot topic is of the day. But the reality is, is that we still have quite a few smokers in our communities, and many of them who want to stop smoking, but find it difficult for whatever reason to stop. Well, today I have with me um, my guest, Barbara Miller, who really has become an expert in helping people uh, stop smoking. And I have her here uh, today to kind of share with us her story, uh, why she's so passionate, and a little bit about the method that she teaches others. Uh, Hi, Barbara. Welcome to the Wellness Journey uh, show. It's so wonderful to have you here today.
1: And it's wonderful to be invited. Thank you very much.
0: You're quite w- welcome. Barbara, tell our listeners, and me too, because I haven't heard the whole thing. Tell us a little bit about your story and how you became so passionate about helping others to stop smoking.
1: Well, when when I was quite young, I wanted to do something, I don't know, I guess, I don't know if everybody wants to leave their mark. But I had a very strong feeling that that's what I wanted to do when... I'm not sure if I lost connection there.
0: No, I'm still here.
1: Okay, Uh, just uh, your picture went away. Okay. So at 80 years old, I wanted to do something with my life, and I didn't know what it would be. Uh, I did have a feeling, though, that something in my future was there, but I wouldn't be able to see it and understand it until I was older. Well, I'm older now, and I see it, and as a person wanting to grow up to be healthy, wealthy, and happy, um, I realized I had to quit smoking and I asked the questions, wonder what would make it so difficult to quit. I asked some good questions, I came up with a program, I used it at 19, and but you know what, parties and at events that I would go to, I would hear people talking about struggling uh, to quit, and I said, I didn't find it so hard. So then they asked me what I did, and I realized I never had enough time to explain everything that I did. Mm-hmm. So I thought, you know, I really should just write this down and hand people a copy. So eventually, I did. I wrote the book, and the book was turned into a live event. And the live event actually rewrote the book to be bigger. Hmm. And and ideas, um, once once they're out, they grow. Yes. And they keep growing. If you if you want it to grow, it grows. It's it's just almost like you know you have you hear people say this is my baby.
0: Right. It
1: became like my baby, and so you know I was doing uh, events. Um, for 10 people. And now I, I, I'm growing again and I want to tour and travel Canada, United States and beyond and do events with 100 people.
0: Well, tell me a little bit about uh, why you became so passionate about sharing uh, this method. And what is it about this method that makes it, I guess, less difficult or less painful uh, than other methods for mm-hmm. helping people stop smoking?
1: My passion comes from that drive of wanting to do something useful with my life. Mm. And people seem to be interested in asking me questions. So I saw a need there. And I thought, because when I was even 15 years old, I was um, washing dishes. And I'm thinking, you know, I want to have this great career. I'm like, how am I going to get out of this one? And watching my dad be self-employed, I thought, well, with the background that I have, I thought, I'll be self-employed. So then when you're washing dishes, you have a lot of time to think. Mm. So I thought, what kind of work could I do? And I had three criterias. One of them was it had to help people. I had to love it. And it had to not be a fad. And when people started asking more questions about my quit smoking program, I realized that that fit into those three categories. I love teaching it. It's not a fad. Um, nicotine addiction has been around for years, and it probably, unless I can get on with revolutionizing the way people quit, it's going to be around for a long time. There's still one billion smokers worldwide, so I got my work cut out for me.
0: <laughs> wow, one billion smokers. And Why, yeah. is it, why is it, do you think that there hasn't been as much talk lately about people stopping smoking?
1: because they're switching uh, and they call it nicotine replacement therapy. So people think that they're being healthier because they're switching. And my work includes um, the vapors. They're still smoking. They're just switching from a cigarette to a vape, but they're still inhaling and, and using nicotine, which is why now I actually say I'm a nicotine addiction consultant.
0: A nicotine addiction consultant and tell me a little bit about the nicotine addiction Uh, what is it and why does it appear to be so difficult to uh, pull away from nicotine
1: one of them is the myth that quitting smoking is as difficult as quitting heroin the truth is nicotine is as addictive as heroin as addictive does not translate to as difficult. You can die coming off of heroin. You can die coming off of alcohol. You can't die from coming off of nicotine. You might get a headache. Mm -hmm. You might. If you were two packs a day and you went from two to, and you tried to do cold turkey, you might get a headache. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Maybe that's, but you know, in my live events, I ask smokers, so where does it hurt? You're quitting smoking. Where does it hurt? (laughs) <laughs> and they they start laughing just like that they start laughing because they know i know because i used to smoke it doesn't hurt mm-hmm. so why is it so hard and that's the, one of the questions I, I have a room full of educated people in my events and i'm like why is quitting smoking so hard and i wait and i wait for an answer and and usually somebody shouts out that's a good question <laughs>
0: Well, that's interesting because, you know, I'm not a smoker. I'm, I'm not. Uh, but my dad was a smoker for 30 years, and one day um, he just decided to stop and mm-hmm. never return to it. And I look back at that now that we're talking about it, and I wonder sometimes what was the trigger uh, that caused him to stop smoking? What is the trigger? That Does, caused uh, him uh, to what's,
1: him Yeah, and one of the reasons why it can be difficult, people are generally – You know, some people say 50% will say no, it was easy. The other 50% say it was hard. Well, imagine if you were driving up a one way street. You could say driving is really hard. Someone could say stop driving up a one way street. Driving is fun. Mm. Right? So, which way are you going? And one of the ways that we go is we need a sense of urgency. Something happened to your dad, and he got a sense of urgency. We don't do anything without a sense of urgency. And I help people tap into their sense of urgency without using scare tactics. And the, the, if somebody wants to get a sense of urgency, they just, people have a fear of quitting. And I say, don't fear quitting, fear quitting, not quitting. And you could ask the, to get into that fear on one's own. They just have to ask, what happens if I don't quit smoking? what does my life look like in five years, 10 years, if I don't quit smoking, how much money did I spend to get sick? What does being sick look like? They use their own imagination. Mm -hmm. I got one client, she said she was deathly afraid of needles. And so when she answered this question, she saw herself going for all kinds of tests and doctors poking her with needles. So she didn't want needles. So she thought I got to quit smoking. So her sense of urgency was the fear of needles.
0: isn't that interesting and you know i can i can now now that i know about of course i know what my father's sense of urgency was uh my mother had been um killed um in an auto accident she was hit by a fire truck
1: Oh, her way sorry. To work. Yeah. That's yeah. Sad.
0: And she was only 56 years old and therein became the sense of urgency, I guess. Um, you know, I was in my thirties, two, two of us were in our thirties and I had a sister though, who was 18 the following week. And I think he began thinking about being there for her and within a week or two, uh, he stopped the smoking. So that was his sense of, uh, sense of urgency. So mm-hmm. what I hear you saying is, is that what, Happens to someone in order to be successful in, in uh, I guess quitting of the smoking or maybe anything that's addictive is creating or finding what that sense of urgency is. What if you can't find it? What if you don't know what it is but it's actually there? What do you do to help people figure out what that sense of urgency might be? That's part of the
1: process of we brainstorm. And we because my my events are interactive and people uh, some people get stuck and they're they're not sure and so they're usually the quiet ones in the room. So when we talk about, you know, what happens if you don't quit. And then I I actually made a video of what I saw in my future. It is a chapter in my book called The Choices You Make. I was working with my uh, clients and I was going over this part with someone and they said, you know, that that would make a good video. And I said, you know, I agree with you. So, I, as part of developing my live events, I, I took that chapter, I turned it into a, a visual, and I, I tell smokers, this is what I saw. And when they see the details that I put into the video, even the doctor, when he tells me I'm going to die, I've got six months to live, he's clicking his pen, and he looks sad, and he goes, "Are you okay? Do you need, do you need me to call someone to come and get you? Do you need a ride? Are you okay to drive?" so I put there's a details that go into this visualizing in the future and I came up with this idea because have you ever heard that saying I wish I, w- I knew now what I I wish I knew now what I didn't know then
0: of course I think I right. might say that about once a day <laughs> right so what if you
1: actually took that topic of what it was you wish you could know and visualize yourself in the future and you look around look around what will you see what will you feel what? and I my sense of urgency was uh, regret Mm-hmm. I absolutely hate regret. Mm-hmm. The oh, I wish I would have. I wish I could have. If only I'd quit sooner. Oh, I've, the doctor tells you you've got six months to live. You're done, mm-hmm. and you spend the rest of their time going. Oh, why didn't I quit smoking sooner? Why? 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 Mm-hmm. And I that was. I just. I just don't. I really, really don't like regret. And I make all my decisions on that. That f- it's a test of am I going to regret this?
0: <laughs> right. Exactly. Now when people. Uh, stop smoking what kind of lifestyle changes can they expect to feel that they need to make or does it really depend on the individual
1: well the lifestyle changes first of all the first change they're gonna make is to say I want to quit smoking and I'm going to quit smoking so getting someone to and I actually work with smokers who actually say they don't want to quit okay The the title of my book is how to quit smoking even if you don't want to Mm. And one of the reasons I called it that is because I say, really, would you want to quit if it wasn't so difficult? Mm-hmm. 99% do say yes, I, I, if it wasn't so difficult, I would quit. The other 1% I accuse of being suicidal mm-hmm. and smoking is not their biggest problem, caring about themselves and their life is. Um, but, you know, uh, going back to all levels of readiness, the very first step is to actually just get to a place where say, okay, I do want to admit it. I want to quit smoking. Mm. And i don 't want to suffer, so what do I have to do and and that's the first step is just saying, yes, I want to quit and what was the other part of your question?
0: Uh, my other part was what kinds of challenges can they expect i mean i mean what i what I've heard, and i don 't know if this is always true for everyone, but that there are sometimes there are issues with uh cravings and sleeplessness and uh sometimes um um, other kinds of physical challenges that make uh-huh. the process uncomfortable. Is
1: that really true? or no, no, it's it? not. It, it sounds like you're describing cold Turkey, cold Turkey, okay. is, you know, cold Turkey is cruel and unnecessary punishment. Okay. I don't recommend it. My program is not cold Turkey and I don't believe in quit dates, hmm. you know, June 4th what's special about june 4th um there's not or whatever the date is it's not a date a person is looking for it's a time in their life when they can expect some um some form of consistency
0: mm-hmm. you know
1: if you even going on vacation is not a good time to try to quit somebody's in the middle of a divorce or their kids are um driving them crazy and they've got all kinds of problems um, i call that phase one people who are in phase one are really in a not a good place in life and they're they've got a full plate okay that person could be far from being ready to quit smoking because they got so many other things that they're doing so in phase two which is where i get most of my clients they, they create a plan for themselves and with the plan they actually stick to it they know what to do when and everything even right down to the last pack how it smoked you start at, there's a lot of details in the planning you start on a monday but, you know, all, what they can expect afterwards is enthusiasm, um, excitement and happiness, because that's part of you can't quit smoking if you're not going to be happy about the fact that you're go, you're doing it. You have to be happy. And I show people how to get there to and it's sort of like vegetarians don't crave meat. What about that? I, does it make sense that you're a vegetarian and you're walking around thinking about meat all the time? <laughs> doesn't happen vegetarians don't crave meat so when a person is going through my program and they learn the five keys inside and out they actually don't want to smoke they don't they really don't want it emotionally and uh, intellectually they when they see a cigarette they would see something else like somebody could ask me do you miss smoking and and the first thing that comes to my mind is you mean like sticking my hand in a blender and turning it on no I don't miss that
0: Oh, my goodness, because it. Certainly, certainly can be representative of that. And that's interesting. That's very graphic. But I don't know if smokers who are in the midst of their smoking thing really even think about it in that way.
1: And, you know, a lot of – the majority of my clients – that there's one part where that gets everyone, and they always say that. Oh, I never looked at it that way before, and that's what I do is I turn the lights on for people so they can't see what I can see. And when they, when they, and they go, oh, I see it. And sometimes people will even laugh. They go, oh, I get it, I get it, I see it. And they'll, they'll, but they all say that. I never looked at it that way before. And then, so when you really get it, you don't actually crave it. And it becomes, that's what makes it easier. And you know what a craving is? A craving is nothing more than a thought. And I show people how to not only change those thoughts, but replace them with other ones.
0: Well, that's interesting because I'm going through a phase of a lifestyle change. I wanted to just drop some inches because, you know, now that I'm in my 60s, that thickening process is going on. And so um, at nighttime, I get these cravings like I always have for the last 10 years, ever since I started menopause. And I just decided to flip the strip and not have the craving. Mm-hmm. I, just thought, I just made the decision there was no mumble jumbo or anything else and what it was it easy uh, as long as I leaned into the fact that I might have the craving and if I do I'm just going to slide that thought away like I do when I'm in meditation you know how when you're meditating And um, it's thoughts come and go, you know, and you Mm -hmm. learn at least my method is when those thoughts come is that when it comes I just kind of like I'm standing at a patio with a sliding glass door and I just kind of open the door and you know When I open the door and slide that door that thought goes away And that's kind of what I did with my cravings. I sometimes think Barbara that people forget how powerful our mind is
1: And that's part of the psychology of change that um, I call, you know the transformation that goes into this addiction and anything else someone wants to change. It is, there is actually a science and a process of changing uh, yourself and your thoughts. And I know I, I do a crash course in teaching people how to do that. And most people go, this could be used for anything you want to change in your life. I'm like, yes it can, but I don't, I don't teach that. I only teach nicotine addiction, but once they have the tools, they can actually use it for things like you just said, cravings or, you know, even wanting to, how can you want to exercise and how can you eliminate how you, you know, I had a sales rep that was going to work with me and she didn't know what it was like to quit smoking. So I said, bring me something that you would like to get rid of in your life. And she brought, I said that you could replace cigarettes and put in something else. And cause I wanted her to know how my process worked. Mm-hmm. And she brought me uh, resentment. Mm. So wherever there was cigarettes, we took that out and we put in resentment. And so we did the crash course. And the next day, she called me up and she says, "You should be charging more."
0: Mm. Interesting.
1: <laughs> I, I said, "Thank you." And so it can really can be used for the process of change, um, which is why I'm excited to be on your show. Because when people learn if they're smoking and they learn the process of change, they can apply it to other things that they have going on in their life.
0: You know, that's interesting because they say the human nature is for us to be resistant to change.
1: Yes, and I know why. Uh, why is me, that? Changing is synonymous with aging. If we could just stop change, we could stay young. <laughs> mm. Mm. So some people feel that way. And and also uh, some people, if they don't like changes, it's probably, those are the same people that might not like surprises.
0: Mm.
1: And some people love surprises. But if you don't like surprises, you might find change um, a little bit scary because you, there's the unknown of what's coming, which could be a surprise. But you know, one of the surprises that people will find in my program is that I make the process of change fun and exciting. So it's not this dread, doom and loom, it's quite the opposite, it's exciting, and people have, uh, dread is replaced with anticipation. And you know, one of the things you said, what can someone expect in a lifestyle change is, a smoker can have a cigarette that might last four minutes. You know, when they quit and they feel in their heart and soul the sense of accomplishment, Mm-hmm. When they, when, if you really feel it all and you're walking around and you're like, I did this, I did this. Every hair could stand up on your body and you have this surge of excitement and a sense of accomplishment. Mm-hmm. You know, that sense of accomplishment is with you 24 seven. It's something that you get to carry around with you. And every time you're having a, a hard time or a bad day, you can actually remember that feeling of accomplishment. And it's so a smoker, um, get the lifestyle that they have after is that sense of accomplishment all the time. Well, and yeah, that's
0: important. To be proud
1: of, right. Something yeah, to be proud of.
0: That's important. Just in general, the human condition as human beings, we want to have something that we can point to and say, I did that. Right. Something that you're proud or you feel good about. So just the idea that when this is done, when I have completed this, I will be feeling even better, not just physically, but emotionally and spiritually, which takes me to something else in terms of the whole idea of changing um, a, a habit that is, might be considered a bad habit or a habit that's dangerous to your health. Um, what, where does that fit in emotionally? Emotionally, how do people feel while they're going through this process?
1: Like I said, you know what? When they have a clear action plan, they know exactly what to do and when. Mm-hmm. Um, dread. And self-doubt is replaced with um, intelligent excitement. So they have anticipation. It is a process. People don't quit smoking the day of my events unless they're actually ready to open their last pack. Um, And I can tell if they are or they aren't, just by one question. But um, if they are, even the last pack will last seven days. So they'll be smoking for a day, for five days. Then they get two, then they get one. So there's no withdrawals. Because nicotine leaves your body in 72 hours. So if you go from four to two to one, there's not much to leave. So there's no pain or suffering physically, not going to get a headache. You know, people know what to do. So with a plan in place, like if you were to ask anyone, how do you get ready to quit smoking? They'd probably look at you with a very blank stare and go, what are you talking about? Mm -hmm. I don't know how to get ready. How do you know if you're ready? By the way, once my new website's up and running, there's going to be a quiz there that smokers um, can take to find out their level of readiness, and it's free.
0: Wow, I love that idea. What kinds of questions are in that that can kind of help them determine whether or not they're ready?
1: Uh, One of the questions is, do you see smoking uh, as a friend? Do you see a cigarette as a friend? Do you think you'll miss it? Do you think you'll have cravings for the rest of your life? On a scale of 1 to 10, I'm trying to think, what, I don't have my test in front of me. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I can't, I, those are some of them, but it's been a while since I've looked at it, which really is funny because I just finished editing it. And one of the last questions, I think, is, do you care about yourself and your life? Mm. If they answer no to that, they get it's 25 points. Mm-hmm. Which, so they can score if somebody scores over 180 they are in phase one and they are in crisis management and I ask and suggest that they get some support and friends from family because if somebody says no I don't care about myself or my life smoking's not their biggest problem
0: right right in fact I was going to ask you about that too I mean what's the ideal support for someone who is going through the process of, of uh, cooking smoke, smoking
1: You might not, some people disagree or they might not like this, but I do things very differently than any other program. The support that they need comes from themselves and I show them how to have Mm self-support because, you know, one of the things that I do that's very different than other programs, you know, other programs and organizations, people, we've heard it for years when they say, tell everyone. Mm -hmm. One of the tips I have for somebody who's going through this right now would be don't tell anyone. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's because it creates pressure and stress. And and another reason that people have anticipation and excitement is because uh, the fact that they're quitting smoking on their own subdues any um, notions of having a fit or a tantrum because they're not allowed to talk about it. So, therefore, they feel calm. And also, they're planning a surprise party to see how long it takes people to notice because they won't, they don't notice. So every time you're around somebody and you're not smoking, you're actually smiling like you got something up your sleeve and you're smiling you're like, what are you doing? What's going on with you? You're like, no, oh, nothing,
0: nothing at all. Why do you ask? <laughs> interesting you're you're right about that well i I find that people are so self-absorbed and i don't mean that in a negative way but many times the things that we're thinking that people are thinking about us in terms of our behavior and what's going on in our lives and everything else they're really not even there they're preoccupied with what's going on with them
1: i know people are busy they they, and but you know what it's still fun especially if someone's being nagged to quit you know like say if you've got a, a spouse that's um your husband smokes and you smoke, and you're like, You tell the husband, Hey, I've decided I'm not smoking in the house anymore. I'm going to smoke outside only. And then when you're at your last pack, you're like, You know, I've decided I'm not smoking in the yard anymore. I'm just going to go for a walk. <laughs> so you could be quitting smoking right in front of your spouse, and they don't have a clue. And they clue. don't have a clue. And you know, one of the, this is why it's really exciting, is because when you walk back in, he thinks you've had a cigarette because you went for a walk and you just act like everything is fine. And it's actually funny because the spouse doesn't notice.
0: It not that interesting? Well, for those who want to um, have a, a person that is their coach or support uh, for those who feel the need to do that, what do they, what kind of person is appropriate for that kind of a role? Well,
1: you know, part of, the support really you know i if somebody had my book and they were doing it the program at home i can offer support for if someone says you know i'm on this page and i don't quite understand what you mean by this but you know once if you, you knew the program in its entirety you would know that um they don't need support they they've got everything they need within themselves and that's why this program is different um it's about self power it's about self talk it's about um I, you know, and cause I, I kind of said this to myself, I did this to myself. I was just as addicted as anyone, you know, mm-hmm. I was, I, I, was, I did this to myself. I'm just going to suck it up. I'm just going to get it done. It's my problem and I'm just going to do it on my own. Mm. And so you get this inner strength from this program that teaches you to just put a sock in it you don't get to, uh, The support that, and this is one of the reasons why telling people doesn't work or help, Mm -hmm. because all it does is it actually allows you to um, behave badly and whine and cry about your circumstances that you put yourself in. And so a person could be putting themselves more in victim mode Mm -hmm. by thinking they need help. They really don't. This program is so intensive and every rock and stone is flipped over that they're going to feel so empowered that they're like, yeah, I got this.
0: You know, that's interesting that you said that because I do know that anytime anyone wants to make any kind of a lifestyle change, they have to feel first empowered to do it. Uh, right. like but even mm-hmm. to have that triggers so there's something there that makes me feel like i can do this and on the other side of that as like we talked about before is that validation that not only i can do this but you actually can't that you actually did it and i would imagine that can carry over into other things in your life
1: it does and you know we we actually talk about um the level of difficulty of quitting smoking is and we we share about adversities in life i'm quite open about my own adversities uh, on my webpage and about my background because I do speak on other topics, but I want people to know that in the grand scheme of adversities Quitting smoking might register as a one mm. Going like going through divorce, you know people Divorce can be horrible. There's fighting over the kids. There's even just getting your education If you're going to school, you could be you know a starving student. That's four years of college or university That's a four-year struggle You know, you're, when you look at, so we actually compare them and when people actually see them side by each, we talk about what have you done that's difficult. I can actually tell you honestly that quitting smoking is one of the easiest challenges I've had to overcome because I I stack it up to, but I also had a plan in place and I knew what to do. So, um, but there's other things in life that are 10 times harder and we get through those.
0: You know, that's amazing, too, because so much of how we approach any kind of challenge or obstacle, um, you know, whatever that is, or a goal we're trying to achieve, so much of it has to deal with our mindset and the stories we tell ourselves, and I have found that anytime I want to make a lifestyle change, One of the ways that I am successful, if I'm going to be successful and make that change, because I'm not always successful when I try to make a change. And many times when I'm not successful, it's because of the story that I'm telling myself. And sometimes the stories that we tell ourselves aren't true.
1: Right. And, or you have to, you have to really look at it and go, is it true? And, and, you know, that sort of, that's, that is the psychology of changing. And I show people how to change their thoughts from I like smoking I can take someone who could say well I like the taste and then they've done this previous exercise and I go hold up this exercise to I like the taste and now look at your left hand and your right hand I go is it worth it I go uh no <laughs> how good is the taste is I go is it worth dying for they're like uh no. no so when this is the part of flipping the switch to uh, really, in your heart and mind, not wanting something. Once you know how to go through the process and the steps, it's actually quite easy to um, make the changes. And it's really exciting. I get hugs at the end of the day. People have cried because they come in thinking it's impossible to quit, and then they leave knowing, not only knowing that they can, but that they go, they're like, I got this.
0: Yeah, they not only do they know they can, they know they will. And that's, right, that's, that's and
1: it is point. a process, and depending on the stress levels and what they're doing in their life, uh, getting from phase one, like parts of phase two can actually help somebody in phase one, which is why I would really like my program to be available in uh, addiction treatment places, because the majority of them smoke, but um, my program is about phase two, but parts of phase two can actually help someone in phase one and then when they're finished with whatever, you know, nasty addiction they're dealing with, then they can eventually, they can be excited about the fact that they know that they can quit nicotine because they know the steps for that one too.
0: You know, it's interesting because I have noticed, you know, cause I, I have not been to any... Uh, substance abuse programs or anything like that, but i 've noticed in uh, some of the documentaries and things that i 've seen that they seem to be exchanging one addiction for another uh, their drug addiction or whatever the addiction is they 're working on, and now they they all seem to be smoking a lot during that process. What are your thoughts about that
1: Well, which is exactly why i would um i, I you know i'm I kind of get that the crutch, which is why they 're in phase one mm-hmm. phase one, maybe somebody could like say if someone's suicidal right if they're suicidal we don't want them to die so they're like i in order for me to cope with life i need to smoke okay well we don't want you to die so go ahead and smoke and let's work on these problems meanwhile they're smoking but at least they're not killing themselves Mm -hmm. so once they go through um you know their psychiatric treatment and they get feeling better they're going to say okay now that i've got that under control maybe now i'm going to look at my smoking right you know let's say somebody was drinking and quitting or smoking helps them through the process of quitting drinking i think someone should quit drinking if they've got a drinking problem smoke if you need to smoke but just quit drinking and then once they got the same thing once they got that under control they're like hey i did this i've got some success i know i can change i like changing my health my life is getting healthier okay now i'm going to look at my smoking and so there's a hierarchy of health and wellness, and you've got to look at what is the catastrophes that need to be fixed first. And if smoking is a crutch to help somebody get through that, I'm, I'm kind of all for it
0: that's interesting because you're right um we have to do things in stages and i find that um in my work as a um holistic health coach one of the biggest challenges sometimes is deciding which thing to tackle first but one thing i tell them for sure if you want to experience any success in making the lifestyle changes that you want to make in order to be healthier you've got to decide which one are you going to look at first because it becomes overwhelming And sometimes a setup for failure to try to deal with everything at once.
1: I agree. And, you know, my hat's off to all of those who do it all at once. Um, They have a certain strength that maybe I don't have, but I applaud people if they quit drinking, quit smoking, and they just do everything. Um, That is an amazing mind.
0: Well, you the me- average
1: person can't do that. So. Right,
0: exactly. And, and you mentioned earlier about the composition of the program. You mentioned uh, five keys and phases. Um, what is the overall composition of the program, and how long does it take to get through the program?
1: Uh, my small events are 10 hours. Mm-hmm. My large three-day uh, three events are for up to 108 people. Those are three days. Mm-hmm. And in the future, I'd like to do a five-day retreat in the Caribbean. So there's less, less, less class time and more fun, like going for riding or relaxing or, you know, those are my future plans to be in the Caribbean. But first I want to tour Canada and the United States and make a name for myself so that eventually I could uh, be working in the Caribbean and doing those fun things. Because I really want the process of quitting smoking to be an adventure and fun, which is why my program will never be available online. I want people to come and experience the interactive events.
0: Mm. You know, my uh, audience, for the most part, a lot of them are women over 40. Uh, And a lot of them are really in a point in their lives where they're looking to develop some kind of a a midlife strategy so that they can really live a full life and a healthy life. Where does quitting smoking fall in all of that range? Why is it important, you think, for uh, midlifers in particular to quit smoking?
1: Well, and, you know, some of those people probably have been smoking for over 20 years 25 years Mm -hmm. they're probably have more of a mindset to think i've been smoking this long it's just impossible to quit and it doesn't matter if you've been smoking for 25 years or 10 the process of change is the same and the mindset and the belief system is the same and i show people how to go through that but you know we age twice as fast uh over the age of 50 or even 40 we could aging is accelerated but if you're smoking it's accelerated even more. So if a person wants to slow down the aging process and be healthy and actually live, you know, let's, you know, realize that it really is dangerous. The longer we smoke for, we're kind of, you know, I call it pushing your luck. Mm -hmm. How long are you going to push your luck for before you realize if you're going to quit, why not just get it over with don't wait another year let's just do this so they get healthy and then you got that sense of accomplishment so then it's like okay what do i want the next chapter of my life to be like and you know what those people who do quit over the age of 40 i would love it if they would be a walking breathing testimonial for my program and they could become affiliates with me and we could work together and i could make live events for wherever they are because i travel Mm -hmm. And if someone, I believe that when people use this program, they'll become excited about it and they'll want to share it with others and companies. I actually specialize as an employee health benefit Mm -hmm. or continuing education. Mm -hmm. So if somebody, you know, wants to talk to their boss about this program, they go, I took it. I love it. It's great. You know, you should talk to Barbara. They would be, I would consider them a partner. And they could actually make a career out of quitting smoking.
0: (laughs) Well, isn't that amazing to go from being, let's say, a chronic smoker to actually making a career of quitting smoking? I know it sounds kind of crazy, but reality is that crazier things have happened. And if someone is interested in finding out more about your program and your affiliate program, where do they go? What's the best way to get the information?
1: Well, you know, I'm working on a new website because I'm rebranding. I, I used to have another one and it's, it was about the book and I used to have a home study edition, but I've decided I don't want to market anything online because, you know, smokers procrastinate. So in a live event, they get the work done in the, in the time frame that is allotted and they know what to do and when. So they leave with an action plan, but also the process of being in a live event is fun. And I don't want to sell something where it's going to sit around and collect dust in someone's coffee table. Mm. so that's why the live events, um, but what was your question again? Sorry. My question
0: got... was for people who wanted to find out more about. Your... Oh,
1: right. My new website, right. And yes. thinking about how horrible my old one is. Cause <laughs> I I can't wait to turn it off actually. Cause it's it's kind of, uh, it's, uh, you know, f- websites are like fashion. They change.
0: Yes, they you know. do.
1: So it's, uh, if, if someone sees it, it's going to be gone soon. But anyways, my new website is BMP, B, uh, www.bmpmethod.com It's not um, live and active right now, but it will be shortly, and um, there's going to be lots of information there, including the tests. so people can find me there. Facebook is also BMP Method.: Okay. And Twitter is BMP Method, and I picked one because I want to be number one. All right. <laughs> so BMP Method One is Twitter, and you know people can connect with me and check me out on LinkedIn as well. But I'm, I'm easy to find.
0: Yes, and I wanted to tell listeners, uh, for those of you who are actually on the show page, all of her links and information are right there that lead to her Facebook, her Twitter, and her um, uh, current website, and also there's a link for her new website, depending on when you listen to this broadcast, uh, and I, I think that this is such an important topic, and I cannot stress enough how important it is as midlifers, for those of you who are approaching midlife, who are in midlife, or maybe at the end of it, it's, it's never too late. To make a lifestyle change for the better. It's never too late to make a lifestyle change for your ultimate wellness. And I think, Robert, you would agree with that.
1: Mm-hmm. And you, you mentioned something about the three, the, the phases and the keys. Yeah. I want to do a presentation for a corporation. Uh, they get to hear the five keys. And you don't actually see or hear. I sh- I've shared a couple of the keys with you here. Like uh, Key number four is a sense of urgency. I can tell you key number five is taking action. Mm. it's a master key that makes the other four work mm. Mm. Uh, you know like you can buy the best treadmill in the world but if you don't turn it on <laughs> yeah so I do my part I arm people with the best treadmill in the world but I call it the BMP method it's for smokers and or nicotine I call them nicotine addicts now because I, I do actually want people who are vaping to realize that vaping is not uh, a good thing because if it was your kids could do it
0: Tell you know, there was. I was just watching a news program about this vaping thing, and a um, middle schooler was suspended because he was caught vaping. And they were asking him, you know, is this really common where you are? He's like, yeah, all kids are vaping in middle in middle school vaping.
1: Uh, it's yeah. A, yeah, it's crazy. It's a billion dollar industry. Think that um, nicotine addiction is acceptable? You know, they call it nicotine replacement therapy. Well. Right. It is- What's the therapy in the replacement?
0: I have no idea. But it's, it sounds good. It does sound good. But
1: nicotine it's... Nicotine replacement therapy. So, but there's no therapy. It's just, you know, a cigarette is a nicotine delivery system. Uh, vaping is a nicotine delivery system. So it was the patch. It's a delivery system. Let's end the addiction of nicotine once and for all and just be free. But going back to the five keys, I've got to tell you that because they are keys, you know, my father was a locksmith. Eh, <laughs> My father was a locksmith and I got the five keys, but those five keys are so original. Um, they're hard to see because I don't want them copied. Right. My work, My work is one of a kind and it hasn't been seen this way before. So, um, when I do presentation for corporations,
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, they will get to see how all five keys work together and how it creates synergy. And I also talk about the three phases with corporations. So if one of their um, staff is out in the parking lot smoking, they they might be smoking at an inappropriate time.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: because they know about the phases, this person could say, I'm in phase three. The boss will go, have a great day.
0: Right. <laughs> Oh, wow. That's fantastic. I love that idea. So therefore, if you want to find out about the five keys and the rest of Barbara Miller's fantastic BNP method, you're going to need to go to one of her events, uh, perhaps buy her book or to hear her speak or to get her to come to your place of employment. Either way it goes, you can definitely contact her through those methods that are there on the show page. And for those of you who are listening uh, on audio, you got to play it back because there's some real nuggets that Barbara shares with us in terms of the importance of uh, getting rid of the nicotine addiction and some key little points and tips in terms of the kinds of things you need to be thinking about uh, to determine when it's the best time uh, for you to quit smoking. Barbara, thank you so much.
1: Oh, it, was a pl- it was a pleasure. I hope if you uh, ever want to uh, have me back, I could give more tips and tricks of what people could do immediately to, you know, I, I wish I could have shared a little bit more about how people can, uh, you know, what does somebody do? Have me back. I could give more tips on, uh, you know, just to get somebody think excited about the process of change. I have lots of tips that I like to share.
0: Well, fantastic. No. We will have you back. And I would love to have you share more with our audience. Um, I think that one of the things that's the best thing about being able to share in this way is that sometimes people just need that seed and it's planted and then it begins to take root and it grows. The next thing you know, it sprouts. And the next thing you know, you have people wanting to find out more and contacting you uh, to find out more about it. Uh,
1: yeah, I agree. Uh, I, yeah, I, I have. I like that idea of seeds.
0: Yes, absolutely. Thank you so much. And thank you to all of you listeners uh, who have been listening. I really appreciate the time that you spend uh, listening to the Wellness Journey show. And remember, we're on the Self-Discovery Network, and we're also on iHeartRadio and on iTunes and so many other uh, platforms. Uh, So please uh, make sure you subscribe to the show if you're listening on the Self-Discovery Network. We love having you, and we love hearing from you to find out what you think about all of our shows. Thanks so much for listening. My name is Lenez, and I'm a holistic health and wellness coach, and you've been listening to The Wellness Journey. Thanks so much for listening, and we'll see you again next time.